2022, a number, another summer. Sound, Sound of the, the funky, funky drummer. drummer. Music hitting your heart, because I know you got soul. Brothers and sisters. There we go. There it is. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Uh, welcome you to... You forgot to strap a giant clock to yourself as well. Like the, the part where he goes, brothers and sisters, like that that giant clock there. Yeah. The big alarm clock. Holy shit, dude. I want one. <laughs> <laughs> you should get one. Um, yeah. Uh, hi. So, uh, yeah, uh, cranked and ranked <laughs> is the name of this podcast. I don't know if I said that yet, but you know, this is so, sometimes um, the, uh, our in- introductions are a little bit all over the place, and this is one of those days. Um, and uh, so, yeah, so um, this is part two <laughs> of, of our public enemy album ranking. Uh, if you didn't catch the first part. Maybe you're just tuning into this because you want to hear about the top albums, our top albums, because we we did 16 albums total, and uh, this episode is number eight down to number one. And um, yeah, for those of you who are new, Cranked and Ranked, it's a podcast I do with my friend Eddie Sparks, where we rank Yo. discographies of different artists, mostly rock and metal, sometimes hip-hop, sometimes other kinds of rankings we do as well. But... Um, this is uh, today. It's gonna be. It's gonna be cool because it's gonna be one of those episodes where we literally just um, talk about how much we love shit for an hour and a half or so. <laughs> because yeah. it's like because there's uh, the, the these top eight albums. Like I had some some minor critiques in the last episode of some of my bottom eight, but we already got to the point at the end of the episode last time where we were already in Banger Central, and now it's literally just eight albums that I think are fantastic that I had to figure out what order I should put them in. And so um, that was a little bit of a chore, but I, I, but I, I feel like in this particular case, there were some that just really shine and stand out um, that make it a little bit easier, but all quality shit. Um, so yeah. That that that's that's the intro. This is the show. Welcome. You're now in the show. We've we've now passed the intro part. We're now on to the show part. If this was a, if we had chapters, maybe I'm, I I don't. You can do chapters on YouTube now, but I'm just like yeah. That's just for the, for the most part. That takes way too much time. And I and honestly, if you're skipping through the video, you're gonna do it anyway to get your own pace. You yeah. Know, you don't need me to tell you where you're supposed to go. Um, and if you're listening to this in a podcast, you're like, what? What, are you, what is he talking about? I don't, I don't want to have to go see their faces. I just want to hear them talk about music. <laughs> so, yeah. It's a long-form piece of content. If, if, if you're a true fan, you're in for the long haul. Yeah. Let's do this. Speaking of true fans, we still have merch available. I'm holding up a coffee mug, a cranked and ranked coffee mug. Um, and uh, you can get all sorts of stuff, old head and cranked and ranked, at... Uh, my store, which if you go to YouTube, you can easily find. There's links and all sorts of stuff. Um, but yeah, that that out of the way. Go buy some shit. And now we're going to uh, uh, let's just get into the love fest. Um, so this yeah. is uh, the our top eight uh, Public Enemy albums. Like I said last time, um, I explained briefly that we left out 
things like the collaboration album with Paris. Is it Paris? Is that who they did it with? Yeah. Um, because that's not just, just public enemy on their own. And there's another one as well called, uh, enemy radio, isn't there? Enemy radio. Enemy yeah. Radio. That, that's those, those were left off. And so we ended up taking all of their just public enemy albums, including the, the two that have like new stuff and remix type stuff on it. Um, so yeah, so this is the top eight, the top, the really, if you were going to, if you don't know a lot about public enemy and you're trying to figure out where to get into them, I would say this is the episode for you. Um, we'll, we'll try to point you in the right direction. Hopefully you'll, you'll get into it. Cause they are, in my opinion, one of the greatest hip hop bands. Um, I say bands, groups, whatever, um, in, uh, in history. So uh, let's do it as usual. I throw it over, uh, to, uh, Sir Edward James Sparks. Um, I just I just knighted you. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, what does that even mean when somebody gets knighted in England? Is that like is that like a does that mean that they don't pay taxes anymore or what something like that? <laughs> <laughs> I think it it means you get I think you get referred to as sir. As it and then that's I think so. Oh. Well, the the queen the queen like you know puts a sword on your shoulders, which is you know oh. that's something. Okay. Okay. Well, you know That's, what? I, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna piss off your 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 country, and I'm just gonna call you sir anyway. Even though yeah. even though no sword has ever been put. I mean, maybe a sword has been put on your shoulders. I don't know. There might have been something going on in your life. I don't yeah, know if you did any larping. Night. Have you done any larping in your in your past? <laughs> maybe, maybe that happened. Anyway, so yes, Eddie Sparks starts us off with his number eight Public Enemy album. Cool. So my. Uh, number eight mm-hmm. is from 1998, Year of Our Lord, a.k.a. Eddie Sparks, is birth year. Oh, uh, yeah. Because, fuck it, I'm not sir, I'm Lord. Thank Lord. you. Okay. Lord Eddie Sparks of the Solar Federation. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, He Got Game is my number eight. Awesome. Cool. Uh, I'm going to jump straight into my into my track by track he got he got game before you started so everybody Ah, knows he got game is a soundtrack album to the spike lee spike lee joint uh he got game and it's it's essentially an entire public enemy album that was the sound well the i think there's also like regular movie style cinematic music for the movie as well but these were the this is the hip-hop soundtrack to uh he got yeah with denzel washington cool uh, yeah, it's a soundtrack album. Again, doubles as a public enemy album. Yep. And uh, it's really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's a break away from their um, usual style at this stage because this is the first... I mean, I know there was a little bit of a departure with uh, music and our mess age. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Um, you know, the, the beats were a little lighter on that one. But this one has some like really soulful stuff. And some very, very late 90s hip-hop styles on here as well. Yeah. Um, so Resurrection, right out of the gate. Uh, everything great about late 90s rap is in this song. Um, and then you get He Got Game, the title track. Uh, great use of the, uh, for what it's worth, Buffalo Springfield sample in there. That was a really cool song. Unstoppable. Love the sinister sound and beat on this one. Uh, shake your booty this song does what it says on the tin because <laughs> it, it's one of those that's like infectious it does make you move mm-hmm. um 
is your god a dog there's a nasty slow groove to that one uh, house of the rising sun as as in as in my boy sun mm-hmm. uh not not the sky sun that's really hot uh rooted in more of an old school hip-hop kind of beat so there's still a little bit of their roots on it um revelation 33 and a third revolutions uh this album now here's something i'm gonna tie to a gta game while not necessarily having an appearance in the soundtrack and my reason for this is i would call this album as having a gta 3 vibe and this is one of those little things that like sticks in my head as an association with something but like what i mean by this is that when grand theft auto 3 came out it was i mean it was a game changer yeah for video games the first really important gta it was the first 3d one that wasn't just pac-man with an ak-47 uh and one of the stations in that game was a hip-hop station the thing is the game was set in the present day said present day is 2001 yeah which is over 20 years ago mm-hmm. so now when you go back to that game it has this like crazy nostalgic um feel to it because it's like an early 2000s slash late 90s time capsule and a lot of the music on that game is original they didn't have the budget to like license a bunch of big songs yet oh okay so it's it's an interesting one so the so but, the very first gta games were they side scrollers Pretty much, oh. yeah. the fr- the first The first couple, they were like on the PS One, and they had. It was essentially like a real pixelated little guy, and you it had a top down view, and you would run around. Oh, and I, you would I never grab knew that. I, I, I my only memory of that game is is all of a sudden it being a fully formed world where you can turn around and look everywhere. Like that's, I had no idea it even existed prior to that. It's it's really funny actually, and this ties into a little bit of British culture here. Uh, they did GTA One, which you know had three different locations in it, but they were all like again, it was like Pac Man with a gun. Yeah. Um, but then they did a little spin off called GTA London, nineteen sixty nine, and it's like sixties London, and it's hilarious. Like it's all like sixties vibed everything does it have Austin, Austin, Austin Powers show up in it at any point <laughs> <laughs> it's funny actually because I think that was like around the exact same time as Austin Powers so they probably well, thought oh shit well yeah let's tie that in the first Austin Powers if I remember right was 96 or 97 and then the second exactly and then the, the second one I yeah. think was like 99 and that movie was huge the second Austin Powers yeah. movie I just remember like being surprised at how popular Austin Powers had gotten. Cause I was like, I thought it was like a dumb movie that I really liked, <laughs> but now everybody likes it. Oh, dude. Look, gotta love some Mike Myers action, but yeah, it's, it's, um, I mean, whenever I hear this sort of hip hop, I'm taken back to like my very early childhood. Cause my mom was listening to music like this in like, you know, 2002 and when i was like very little yeah and i i remember her listening to eminem and then like turning it off when i came back in the room because she knew it was (laughs) (laughs) she knew it would be a little inappropriate for five-year-old me to be listening to uh the eminem show but um yeah 
Anyway, I uh, thought that was a cool little tangent. Yeah, yeah for those of you who are new, we all—it seems like like Eddie always tries tries to find a way to work in some Grand Theft Auto game into every episode, <laughs> and usually it's a very natural thing because so much music has been included on so many of those games that um and and if if you're a person that plays those games a lot, it that's that it's a part of your musical experience. So. Be, being being from the generation I am, it they they had a huge part in shaping my music taste. Yeah, and uh, that is not the only time I will be talking about. Yeah, it's so it's so weird. There is one my my musical. <laughs> so I have music connections to video games, but they're just based on a, a particular thing I was listening to at the time when I was playing a particular game, and that memory has just been burned into my yeah. head. Like I remember playing. There was a Nintendo game called Tecmo Bowl, which is a fo- like a football yeah. game. And I've never even been into sports, but for some reason I had such a blast playing Tecmo Bowl with my friends. And I remember there being a day where we were playing that and listening to the first Bonham album. Um, Whoa. And, and I just remember the song Wait For You being on and just me kicking ass at Tecmo Bowl. And that's just like <laughs> in my head. So when I hear Wait For You... I'm like, oh, remember that when we played Tecmo Bowl? <laughs> that shit was cool. <laughs> and Blades of Steel. That was a big one, too, man. I loved Blades of Steel. That's like my shit back there. You want to talk about OG Nintendo games? And I'm like, yeah, that's that's what I was playing. Mind you, I was yeah. playing them about two or three years after everyone else had already gotten them because <laughs> my parents always got me the, the system. When the new one came out, I got the old one. So everyone else had the yeah. Super Nintendo. I got the original Nintendo, Nintendo finally. And I didn't care. Yeah. I was just so happy to finally have Mario and all those other things to play. So that was that's how games came out for me. They were always old new games. It's it's funny as well. Like in um, in GTA San Andreas, while it, while it's on my mind, there are little like arcade cabinets in the game where mm-hmm. if you go into like a store or something, they have a few arcade cabinets and they have like old school style arcade games hidden in the game which is really cool as well nice but uh that was yeah, a, that was a tangent those, folks there you go yeah <laughs> back to the little, album. little tangent there for you little tangent uh yeah game face i love the like twangy harpsichord kind of thing going on like ding there's ding, a lot of really ding, ding. for lack of a better term but it's an appropriate term cinematic choices on this album yes so it's it, it very appropriate as a soundtrack totally and I haven't even seen the movie yet, but I have a pretty good I- idea that I would like it. It's been like a really the, long the time since it. I've seen it, but I've never seen a Spike Lee movie that I didn't like. Like he's, mm. and I've seen, I think most of them, there's probably two or three that I haven't seen. Um, but, uh, but some of them are some of my favorite movies. So I, it's, that's just, that's a, that's a, that's a very, like, I got really into like in the early nineties, especially when I was young um, I, I got into, I guess, what we, would be referred to as black cinema at the time. So all of those movies that were coming out, the Spike Lee movies and things like Boys in the Hood and Juice and um, yeah. stuff like that, they were all movies that like, or even even you know, on the sillier tip, things like House Party, which is one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, for some reason, I connected with all of those movies being a, a white suburban kid, even though I, but, I, but I always felt like I never fit in there. Um, so I, so in, and for some reason I just enjoyed those stories and those characters and stuff. And so it was, you know, it's, it's, Spike Lee has been a big deal for me 
since I was a kid. I remember, here's a funny thing. I took a date in, in, was it right in between eighth and ninth grade? I believe I, and so I was like a young teenager my, my girlfriend at the time, we, we went to see Malcolm X as a date. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> that was in it. Cause it had just come out and I really wanted to see it. And it was like so weird because it was like, we hadn't been seeing each other very long. We were both very young, young white kids just going to see Malcolm X, which is like a three hour movie. And I think maybe she had thought like, well, this is going to be like, you know, a date. Maybe we'll make out during this movie. And I'm all like, shh. <laughs> just all like i'm just like really into malcolm x and denzel's performance and everything and i'm just like did we come to see a movie or what come on <laughs> anyway is is it's funny because like i've i've had girlfriends in the past who were very much of the mindset of like uh we paid to see the movie dude and it's like <laughs> come on we're in the back row like, that's why you that's why you go see a movie you've already seen like i remember going like i like i saw lethal weapon three like three times in the theater because two of them nice. were going with girls and just making out in the theater because <laughs> i'm like you know what i've already seen it Riggs and murtaugh get out of it again and everything works out let's let's just make out in the corner so <laughs> that's awesome uh <laughs> But yeah, uh, politics of the sneaker pimps, laid back groove to that one. Uh, what you need is Jesus, uh, emotional kind of beat going on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, super super agent has a badass vibe to it. Yeah. Go cat go is like this rocking heavy beat. It's a good one. Fuck yeah, and uh, sudden death interlude closes it out. But yeah, yeah, it's it's a really cool album. I really enjoyed it. It's a revisit for sure. Yeah. But it's not the sound I think of when I think, oh, I'm going to stick on some Public Enemy. No. Uh, yeah, so, yeah. It's, it's not a go-to, but it's a very, very good album. Um, so for my number eight, I'm going to jump on to one that you talked about um, in the last episode. Uh, my number eight is the 2012 album, Most of My Heroes Still Don't Appear on No Stamp. Uh, nice. which was one of two that they put out in 2012. And this one is the, the superior um, for me. Um, the other, yeah. the other one being evil empire of everything, I think was the second one they put out in 2012. And that one, that one's it's, it has a lot, it has its flaws. This one for the most part, like it's one of those albums that kicks in with like a killer energy, like right away. Um, yeah. And it's, you know, being their 11th album, and this is, you know, 2012, and they're not only that, but do the second, no, oh, this was the first of two, but, um, so I don't really know if this was like the main one and they just had a bunch of leftover tracks and then put out Evil Empire of Everything, I'm not quite sure, but either way, this one is is the one that's just chock full of like a whole, all sorts of great shit, um, and I love... I don't know how how many times this has actually been done, but in in the first song "Run Till It's Dark," there's an extended guitar solo, like like there's yeah. guitar solos in some rap songs, but it's usually really brief, and then they move on. But this is a full on, like different yeah. levels guitar <laughs> solo thing that happens in it, and it sounds it's awesome. It's an awesome little part of that song. Um, so 
with this album, like the cool thing about it is that in, in 2012, you can, you can tell there's still plenty of fuel left in the public enemy tank. Like they, yeah, they're still raring to go and have plenty of ideas. And, um, the cool thing about it is that this far along in their career, they are still able to have tracks that surprise me. And I go, Oh, that was, I, I don't know if I've heard them do that. I didn't expect that. Whatever. It's just, uh, it's, it's cool that they, that they, they've maintained that. Um, and, and, and over, you know, it's, it's, it's basically just like a super focused and solid album in 2012 from a band that could get away with much less and still be successful Mm. with it. Like a lot of groups, not just hip hop, rock, metal, whatever, they get to a certain point where, you know, your core audience is going to buy your shit. And so there's a lot of phoning it in. You know, and uh, you know, in, in the, especially in the metal world, a lot of phoning yeah. it in, and um, and so they don't have to do this, but they 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 do it anyway, and that's that I, that's why they're they're one of the best. So this ends up, you know, at number eight, even though I really really like it, and it, it, the the big thing about these albums that are you know in, in the lower half and in the lower end of this particular episode, the problem is that. And it's a me problem. It's not. It's not a public enemy problem. It's the fact that I really miss the sample heavy sound of the early days, and mm. that's not their fault because I realize you can't realistically do that kind of music post post the early '90s because like what what was happening for those of you who don't know is that you know hip hop started and and essentially started on samples where DJs would take a break just a drum part or something from a particular song, sometimes a rock song, sometimes a funk song, and they would just loop that. And then eventually, you know, when they got a little more fancy, they would take other samples from other songs and lay them on top of that. All shit that didn't belong to them, but they were putting together to create this soundscape that they would rap over or, you know, or somebody else would rap over. And by the early 90s, um, I think they all of a sudden there were some laws that were brought into effect the sampling you know type laws where you had to like get permission and pay people started asking for money um sometimes a lot of money and uh, even in even in the early 90s at that point like that was the thing even throughout the 90s there were some rap you know superstars who were rich but most people didn't have that kind of money even some rappers that you know really well that were doing really well they didn't have that kind of fucking money so all of a sudden that started to get phased out and you started to get, you know, artists creating their own sound, you know, using, you know, synthesizers and, and, and drum, drum loops and all sorts of other stuff. Um, and sometimes that's great, but the sound, we talked about it on the last episode, the sound of public enemy, the sample heavy sound where they would take really odd sounds that you wouldn't even expect to throw into the mix and just create, yeah. you know, it was like the bomb squad had a lot to do with that, but just these soundscapes that like they sounded like nobody else's beats. Like you knew it was public enemy. Um, and there's a little bit of that. They're able to capture that a little bit on these later albums. But, um, I miss, I miss the idea of taking something and making it part of something new. And I really wish that artists weren't such assholes about it because it's like, (laughs) look, just it's a sample. Now I get it. If you're sampling a large part of a song, like fucking Eminem deciding he's just going to let the chorus to dream on play throughout his entire fucking song. I mean, that's lazy. I love Eminem, but that is fucking lazy. 
So I, th at that point, you pay them some money. But if literally you take like a drum, a part of a drum, a kick drum, you know, a little part from some some yeah. song, that just just get over yourself and just you know appreciate the fact that somebody is taking something you did and made something new with it. Your shit's living on in a way that you never anticipated. So yeah, enjoy it. I'm not going to change anybody's mind with that fucking rant, but I wish that I could because I would like, I would like it to be uh, uh, the wild west of sampling whatever the fuck you want to sample, um, because yeah. that just made um, early and golden age hip hop so fucking great. So anyway, and so that's not here obviously because this is 2012 when this came out, but still a very strong album. Um, they just did seven that were much stronger in my opinion. So that's my number eight. Most of my heroes still don't appear. On no stamp. Just to just to go off of that, yeah, like copyright law is a real double edged sword, especially you know you and I are both creators. Yeah. Um, copyright claims and stuff are such a bitch on YouTube. Like if if anyone listening hasn't heard what an absolute bitch the co the uh, content ID system can be, you can make like a two hour documentary and you can get the entire video demonetized for two seconds of using careless whisper or something like that. If you have that like saxophone part in there, that's, that's two hours of hard work, null and void. And, and, how, and like, on top of that, what makes it worse is it, is it creators like you and I, we use two seconds worth of Careless Whisper and we get demonetized. Some other guy does an entire video yeah. where he just plays Careless Whisper and talks about it. That guy's fine. <laughs> like that's, yeah. that's the most ridiculous thing. Because I've, I've had videos get full-on blocked where I can't release the video at all because of the song that I yeah. used. But then I look and there's 50 other people who, oh, conveniently enough, have like 50,000 subscribers or more. So it's like, oh, I yeah. get it, YouTube. You're all about like helping out the people that are bringing in the money, but the people mm -hmm. that are up and coming. I would like to bring in the money for you, YouTube. I would love it. I'm okay, and I and I'm perfectly okay with my, with the money partially going to the artist, or in some cases, fully going to the artist of whose songs I'm playing. But to to make it, it goes to, to the companies though, doesn't it? Like most of the time, it does. That's the thing. I understand yeah. that's how it works, but to the, but the fact that shit can be fully blocked. Where like, oh, you did yeah. all this hard work. Fuck your hard work because you used part of a song. I'm just, that's ridiculous to me. I'm hoping that's something that gets ironed out pretty soon because if everyone, yeah. everyone's got to realize that in, in a world where it can detect it and send the money where it needs to go and your music is getting promoted, why is it not, why is it not a thing where everybody's able to use whatever? Because it's, that's the world we live in now. Um, so, yeah. Fair use, people. Yeah. We, we need to protect that and shit. And that doesn't help, by the yeah. way. Co copying the fair use law and putting it in your in the description of your video it doesn't do shit. No. Nah. <laughs> it does not matter. You just got to be clever with how you use it. Now that, that is that is how it's done. I've just gotten to the point yeah. where, for the most part, I stop using other people's music full stop because I'm like, there's yeah. no point. There's no point <laughs> in me doing it. Anyway. Um, oh, yeah. On to number seven. Cool. Uh, my number seven is from 2007. Wow. <laughs> uh, and that is uh, how you sell soul to a soulless people who sold their soul. Say that 10 and times fast. 
How you sell soul to a soul is people who sell their soul. How do you sell soul to a soul? That is a, nah, that is a yeah. tongue twister. How that do you fun. sell soul to she sells seashells by the seashore? <laughs> how you Peter Piper picked a peck of pick. How did I end up here? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, this is what I personally believe to be the strongest of what would be considered the modern public enemy. The, the 2000s public enemy. Yeah. 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 And, uh, yeah, it's weird, isn't it, that the 2000s are that fucking long ago now. I'm, I'm going to have to, like, re- redo my idea of what's modern in here, because, like... Yeah. But when it comes to, to is, when it comes yeah. to successful artists that first got successful in the 80s and then in the 90s, you could easily draw a line at the 2000s and kind of... Because of the, the the music world became way different, so it, yeah. even though it's been twenty two years now, it's still you know it all it all kind of goes together because that's when things kind of shifted for you know you know all of a sudden you had one, once Napster came around and things like that, um, and then the internet yeah. got way more you know um, easily to to access for everybody. Then shit obviously shit changed. Everybody knows that, right? <laughs> But yeah, this this right here uh, is the strongest thing of of their modern era, mm-hmm. and I would I would imagine, I mean, you haven't talked about it yet either. I haven't. So it's clear we both think highly of it. Yeah. Um. So yeah, how you sell soul or soulless people who sold their soul? Cool opener. Uh, black is back. Rock, hip hop, throwback kind of beat. Yeah. Love it. Uh, harder than you think. I had That's a moment said. where I went. Ah! <laughs> yeah, he said it. Um, I actually had a like major moment where I went, "Oh, I recognize this," because I have heard this many times before. Mm-hmm. Um, then you get between hard and a rock place. That's what she said. Sex, drugs, and violence. Uh, I've got kind of a slick Rick children's story influence here. Mm-hmm. Where, you know, obviously they got the kids singing, but he even opens it with Once Upon a Time. Not, not long, long ago. ago. Yeah. Where people wore pajamas and live life slime. I always used to I always used song. to think he was faking a British accent, but the dude, you know, I don't know if he was born in England, but he lived in England for a long time. So he had a legit bit of an accent going on. I mean, maybe, I'm sure he still does. He's not dead. So well, he, I, I think he was like, I think he lived in Wimbledon, I think. But yeah. Where the tennis that comes song, from. Yeah. <laughs> and that song is in GTA San Andreas. Of course it is. Why would it not be? Ch- children's story, people. Hell yeah. Um, American Gangster. Great chorus. Can you hear me now? It has a funky ass beat to it. Head wide shut. As wide, wild, crazy interlude beat. Oh, flavor, 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 man. Flavor. <laughs> I fucking love that shit. But, like, knowing that it was used in the uh, Flavor of Love, like, intro, like, the very first time he walks in and he's in, like, a pink suit and stuff, I can never shake that out of my head. So I've just got him, like, playing Bachelor, <laughs> dancing towards this, like, wall of curls. In a big old pink suit in my head every time this comes on. I would be really <laughs> interested to know, because I don't know if I've ever even seen a, a an interview where this was addressed, but I would really like to know what Chuck D thinks about that whole period. 
of all of a sudden Flavor Flav becomes a TV star in, in, in some respect. Um, yeah. And it's kind of like, you know, I mean, he's, I mean, he, he never did anything but be himself on, on television, but yeah. you know, I, I'd, I'd like to know, <laughs> like, was Chuck, you know, root, rooting for him and cheering him on? Like, you know, great. This is your moment in the spotlight. Take it. Or, you know, or was it more like now everyone just thinks that public enemy is going to be this joke because you're the guy from public <laughs> enemy and you're, you know, making these silly ass reality shows. <laughs> so I'd like to know Chuck, if you're watching, um, what, what did you think? Comment down below in the YouTube comments. <laughs> uh, uh, wow. Uh, one scene from that as well. Y'all ever seen that show? The bachelor rolls the window down, leans out of the limo. <laughs> flavor, flavors the black chiller. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, um, Frankenstar, that riff that, is killer. It's a fucking dude. great song. Oh my god, what a great song! Um, Cole Leapin, uh, Flav back at it again. Radiation of Radio TV Movie Nation is a like anti-racism interlude. Uh, See something, say something. Cheeky beat. Uh, Long and winding road. Cool song, Bridge of Pain. Flav is such a character, man. I love him. He's he's great. Mm-hmm. Um, Eve of Destruction, cool psychedelic kind of song. Yeah. Uh, How to Sell Soul, Time is God Refrain. Bring kind of brings the album full circle. Mm-hmm. And then there's a there's a harder than you think remix. It's a cool remix. It's very different too. Like if you're gonna do a remix, change the vibe up completely. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, all in all, this album shows a renewed confidence following the very average album that came before it, which was New World Order. <laughs> <laughs> and neither of us are comfortable saying that. Even New this World episode. Order. New World Order. New World Order. All right. Well, you know, for those of you at home who are waiting to uh, take your shot, take take a shot right now because uh, Eddie and I have matched up with our number sevens. Hey! My number seven is also how you sell soul to a soulless people who sold their soul from uh, oh, you said it so much better than I did. 2007. Um, it's their 10th album. I agree with everything Eddie said. There's a really good energy to this album. It is, in my opinion, their best in the 2000s and beyond that they've made. Um, it's a re- I mean, you, you said it. It's a really big step up overall, especially in production and overall sound and just kind of cohesiveness of the album itself. And I love the fact yeah. that there's such a, on many tracks, there's a use of horns and other things that kind of give it a really grand quality. Like it sounds like yes. a very big, full album. Um, and, and I love, you know, that at this point, you know, they, 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 you know, obviously in 2012, they did some, they've, they've been doing shit, good shit up until now. Um, but I love the fact that, you know, even though they do have some throwbacks here and there, they normally don't rely on the past or tread water, really. Um, mm. Because this album overall, for the most part, feels like a pretty unique Public Enemy album while still maintaining that core Public Enemy kind of sound. And um, yeah, it's just, uh, it's just, it's a very memorable album, a lot of memorable tracks, just strong shit all over the place. Um, and an interesting thing about this album for me is that, um, I normally argue about 
albums being too long. And this album's well over an hour long, but it doesn't really lose any of its potency along the way. Um, hmm. you know, all the times I've listened to this album, I never get to a point where I go, God, how many fucking songs are left? It's like, it seems like it really keeps the momentum going for, for an hour yeah. plus. And, uh, that's something to be said because there's, there's, there's very few albums that I can think of that are over an hour long that don't bore me at some point. Um, and so, yeah, great album. Um, I, I agree with Eddie and obviously we matched up on it. Um, so we can move on from this one, but it's, it's a great, if you're looking for a more modern public enemy sound, this is the best of, of that sort of thing. Um, how you sell soul to a soulless people who sold their soul. Let's, let's move on to number six. Cool. So my number six is Greatest Misses. Hey, all right. Now this is here because I feel like I needed to, I needed like a cutoff point between, you know, I'll admit I have my biases for like the 80s and early 90s style of production yeah and that whole era and that whole era's vibe uh so it takes something incredible for something more modern to infiltrate the hierarchy yeah uh so this one being like an ep's worth of new material original song wise felt like a good you know middle between this and that yeah so um yeah greatest misses number six uh ty goes to the runner groovy ass beat with a repetitive chorus just built to aggravate parents yeah. you know yeah. <laughs> um hit the road jack that bass line is mwah, yeah. very tasty mm -hmm. lovely uh get off my back is a funky jamming flave track again love it whenever flave gets a song to himself I mean, I don't care what he says. <laughs> he could be fucking... He could be, like, talking about what kind of Pop-Tarts he likes, and I would be fully invested. Um, what kind of Pop-Tarts... What, what is your go-to Pop-Tart flavor? Ooh, cookies and cream. That wow, that's... That gets me every, every See, time. See, I'm very old school, because back in the day, you didn't have flavors like that. You had... I believe you had chocolate, cinnamon, and strawberry. And, yeah. um... Here's the, here's my here's the thing with pop tarts. Pop tarts have a big are a big part of my life. I haven't eaten one yeah. in years because I need to like not eat things like that because <laughs> <laughs> I, I already weigh too much as it is. Uh, but when I was younger, like I loved the chocolate frosted pop tarts so much. But oh, yeah, I would just eat those straight out of the package. Don't not don't cook them at all. If I'm if I'm gonna heat one up. I take a cinnamon pop tart and put it in the toaster oven and get it nice and little crispies. And that, that was my two, those were the two things. It was like, how, what is my mood today? Is it chocolate pop tart or cinnamon pop tart? But both, man, both, both were, that was, that's like my childhood right there. Pop tarts. Yeah. <laughs> cause I, cause I literally grew up in a house where there was just food in the pantry and I just went and got stuff. Which is, you know, probably yeah. not the best idea in the world, but I, <laughs> but yeah, I, but you, <laughs> you don't care when you're a kid. You're like, hell yeah, this is the fucking life, dude. I have free reign on the pop tarts. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, yeah, and I remember that there, there be, originally there was only four pop tarts to a box for a long time, or maybe it was just six, 
and then they expanded it to eight pop tarts to a box. And I was just yeah. like, oh man, I'm gonna because like you know, because <laughs> I got I'll go through a whole box of pop tarts when I was a kid. I just be like, fuck it, this is my lunch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, anyway. Pop-Tarts. You had to bring up Pop-Tarts, and I haven't had one in such a long time that when people bring up things like Pop-Tarts and cereal, I just go, oh, man, it'd be so nice to have like some Frosted Flakes again because it's been such a long time. But um, I will say, I will say I am a full-blown breakfast cereal enthusiast. I, I believe in uh, breakfast cereal supremacy. <laughs> I, I, and honestly, like I love breakfast cereal so much. I like things that are they're on the blander side all the way over to like ridiculous shit like cookie crisp and you yes. whatever but i could i can eat straight up with no sugar added cornflakes and and some skim milk and be perfectly happy but also Same. also you know you want to throw me some some uh you know uh a cocoa pebbles and and fruit loops and shit like that i'll be i'll be happy too but you know my go-to is frosted flakes i mean that's just it's classic you you want to know one that I think is underrated that I think people look at it and they think, Oh, that's just bland grown up cereal. Uh, I, even as a child, I always really enjoyed the red berries, uh, special, uh, special K. Like oh, I don't know if the I've one with a little, like the, the one with the little, like freeze dried raspberries, uh, oh. raspberries, strawberries, and it had like cherries in it. Yeah. And it's, you know, they were like freeze dried astronaut food basically in with the special K. And, yeah. you know, I always really liked it. I always used to like finding a whole ass raspberry and just being like, that's my raspberry. The the thing that I do miss that I guess you (laughs) kind of missed out on a little bit was that they would have cereals for everything. So Batman comes out, there's a Batman cereal. I remember buying a fucking, if I remember right, buying a Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure cereal when that, you know, and just all, just rent your Ghostbusters cereal. Now, fuck, I didn't think about that shit when I was a kid. I just would go to the store with my mom and be like, I love that movie. Get me that cereal. And then I would eat it. And it was always the same thing. It was just marshmallows in some cereal that kind of was in shapes. (laughs) (laughs) And that was it. I will say, I have seen a slight nostalgic return to this sort of thing because I went uh, shopping the other day, uh, well, a couple weeks ago with my girlfriend and we saw that there were like 80s movie Nesquik like cereal there was like back to the future wow uh like boxes where they were just like putting movies on them and it's like yeah this is kind of cool it's a, like there's like a little competition that, or that, something yeah that mean but you you had those you had toys inside your cereal sometimes you would get fucking records on the backs of your cereal you would cut out yeah. a record on the back of it and it would actually play on your record player probably fucked up your needle like crazy but <laughs> I, I remember having one of those but i don't remember what it was but um those were those were the days of just eating crap and it not really affecting you <laughs> yeah <laughs> There was a pretty clear cutoff point. I got to about 18 and I realized, oh, I cannot get away with McDonald's every day anymore. <laughs> my, uh, my, with, when, it, when it came to shit like Pop-Tarts and cereal, I think my, the trade-off was, was beer. Like once beer became yeah. a big thing in my life, I'm like, look, yeah. I got to like get rid of one. And so, <laughs> you know, unfortunately Pop-Tarts, you know, took a knee and I had to, you know, go with the, with the, with the beer and it, it never ended. So. Yeah. Long story short, uh, cookies and cookies and cream pop tarts are pretty rad. Yeah, pretty and, rad. And flavor 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 <laughs> needs to make that pop tart song um, as soon as possible. Yes, 
Awesome. I am all for it. Why are we not funding this? <laughs> well, I, 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 I don't know. We'll do a GoFundMe for what? For Flavor Flav doing a Pop-Tart song? Nah, for, fuck that. That needs to be like a government mandate. Like, they need to corner him and say, hey, look, Craig Demrank said they want a Pop-Tart song from Flav. <laughs> <laughs> if only we could raise money for that, it would be funny. If we, 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 like, we can't accomplish a lot of things, but if we can put together a Flav song about Pop-Tarts, then I feel like maybe maybe we finally could just shut the book on our lives and be like, you know what, we've done, we've done some good. We were the two assholes that caused that fucking pop <laughs> abortion of a song from Flame. <laughs> oh, I love it. Let's do this. Um, but yeah, um, <laughs> uh, gotta do what I gotta do is is a cool song. Mm-hmm. Um, Air, Air Hoodlum is Air an absolute. Hoodlum. I always I always liked that. Oh, that was in the beat. Hell yeah! <laughs> I was just gonna say. It's an absolute journey of beats as well because it has a lot of different parts in it. Yeah. Um, and then the the final original track on here with uh, Hazy Shade of Criminal is a badass song. Yeah. Love it. Dum diggity dum diggity dum. Like I fucking love that those parts of the of the lyrics. Fucking killer. Uh, real creative flow to it. Um, the rest is remixes and a live performance. But nonetheless, it's still good. It's still rooted in that old school feel I love. Um, and that is my number six. Holy is greatest misses. Awesome. Um, so my uh, my number six, we talked about it the last time. But man, we're now at a point. Yeah, these are, these are all fantastic albums. Number six for me is There's a Poison Going On from 1999. Ooh. Nice. F- uh, amazing. F- just like a fucking experience of an album. Uh, it's their seventh album and, um, it's a real evolution in their sound. Um, cause they, yeah. this followed up, uh, the, he got game soundtrack and, um, and you know, prior to that music and our message. Um, but this is like a thing where they, I don't know what happened, but, they turned a corner and just made this, it's like filled with like these sparse kind of minimal, almost psychedelic at times kind of mm. music under, you know, the public enemy vocals. And it just gives it such an interesting vibe. And it really like, it's interesting how like the vocals really stand out on this album. And it, it to the point where you could kind of, overlook what's going on in the beats because some of it is very minimal. And that that's the thing about some hip hop is that as much as I love the early public enemy, where there's these crazy soundscapes with just stuff going on all over the place, there are some really great hip hop songs with just a beat and something real minimal over that beat that plays throughout the entire song. And sometimes that is all you need. And there's more complicated things on here than just that, but it seems like they let everything breathe a lot in this album while still maintaining this sort of urgency that's you, that you've come to expect from public enemy. And, um, I just think it's one of their most interesting albums. Uh, and, and it's just another great example of why they're one of the greatest hip hop groups, because they put out something like this in 99 and it's just, 
you know, this, the sound on here isn't necessarily what was popular. Like 1999, I think of Puff Daddy and, and things yeah. like that, where everything was kind of blown out of proportion where it was, it was, it was, it got so big where it's almost like the production of the songs and the music video actually outweighed the importance of having good lyrics. <laughs> and so, um, <laughs> Which is whatever. I mean, I like some songs from that era too, but this coming out then is just like kind of a, it's a pretty big statement from Public Enemy. Um, and they never they never gave you the same shit over and over again. I mean, it's always Public Enemy. I mean, if you're not a fan of hip hop, then I'm pretty sure this all sounds like complete bullshit to you, which <laughs> on, honestly, I don't, I can't help you. Your life is already in shambles because of that. Um, <laughs> but, you know, while, while this is not without its flaws, it, it, you know, it, it's just something about this is a whole, it's a, it's a, it's a whole vibe of an album that like, you know, it's, it's a particular, um, public enemy sound that sometimes I just, I really want to listen to this album because of just the, the whole, I, I keep saying the word vibe, but there's no other way for me to put it. Um, it's a vibe. Yeah. And it's, and it's yeah. super enjoyable and it's just, a it's just, it's, it's very cool. Um, and we talked a little bit about it last time cause it was lower down on your list, but I, but I mean, you, you had nice things to say about this one too. Um, it was just barely, uh, not in this one. Cause I think that was the last one I, I mentioned. Could, yeah. Could, yeah. yeah, I think so. Um, but yeah, killer album, uh, from a, a group that, you know, proves over and over again that they have staying power and they can remain, uh, relevant, not just in their lyrics, but also in, the decisions they make sonically. Um, so yeah, my number six, there's a poison going on top five. Cool. So we are in absolute banger central here on in. Yep. And, uh, yeah, let's, let's, let's dive on in. Do it. Uh, my, my number five is yo bum rush the show. All right. And like, ah, uh, this is just great 80s hip hop, dude. Like it has a harder edge to it, but it's still very 80s hip hop. Yeah. Um, you can kind of hear them getting the sound that they would go on to have with the following record yeah. on here. But it's still, there are some moments on here that like made me think, Oh, that's kind of run DMC. That's like, there are a few moments, but yeah. Yeah. It's very, You're it's get- very of its time. Um, and, they, and they're mm. still getting their footing. Um, but you know, already, already fucking standing out as a fucking killer group. Yeah. And you know, like, like I say, this is uh number five in a list of 16 albums. So yeah, it's fucking good. Um, you're gonna get yours. Like is that, to the side. I know you hate my '98. You're gonna get yours. <laughs> an amazing album opener. Yeah, I mean, like everything about that. You know that this, that's the sort of song you just drive around with all the windows down, yeah, with yeah. it cranked obnoxiously loud, sunglasses on, and everyone thinks you're a dick, but you're so fucking cool. Yeah, like, <laughs> yep. yeah. Uh, sophisticated bitch. I love 80s rock hip hop. That fusion 
genre. Yeah. That like little semi sub genre of hip hop. And like, I'm not talking like rock with like rapping in it, uh, a rock sample in hip hop. And you, you could say, you could say that the person to thank for that is Rick Rubin. Because yeah. like he was the person who was you know running De- well partially running Def Jam but putting together a lot of the music for some of these artists and he was also a rock guy so that's why you know mm-hmm. I, I think that's a big reason and then it became a thing where everyone just wanted to do that but but you know there were already people sampling rock you know obviously prior to Rick Rubin but I feel like he like popularized it pushed where, yeah, where it became a thing it. where everyone was looking for the cool rock hook for some, for a, for a track. Here and there, and that's that's a big reason why hip hop connected with me so much when I was young because I got I got into hip hop around the same time I got into rock music, and you know it just seemed like they fit together so well. I was just like, they, yeah. the, the, I get the same energy flowing through me when I listen to a rock album that I do listening to a hip hop album, and so um, that's why I've never understood people that draw a line and be like, you know, fuck all that hip hop bullshit. I'm all like, well. Are you, are you, I mean, I've said it before. Are you listening to a genre or are you listening to good music? Like, what's the difference? You know, what, yeah. what are you trying to do? So, yeah. So I love it when they... That's I'm, a good way to put it. I love it when they put, the, you know, rock stuff. Even today, it still happens. And I'm always like, yeah, that's fucking sweet. Awesome. Yeah, because, like, on third track, Musey weighs a ton. Groovy is all hell, dude. Mm-hmm. Time Bomb, yeah. this album rules, man. Too much posse, you know. Flavor Flav takes the mic on this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, right starter. Yeah. Message to a black man. That is is that just, is to me the standout track on that album. Right starter is so good. Yeah, it's just ass kicking hip hop. Public Enemy number number one. One. <laughs> like, I love one, that one. <laughs> I love that beat. It sounds so sneaky. Yeah. Um, yeah. M P E. Another fat chunky groovy track i love the old school hip-hop flow man like i i i'm not even gonna say low-key i high-key want people to start just rapping like that again for like no fucking reason yeah just to like just to be like i'm gonna bring this back (laughs) i don't give a fuck you know yeah I, I mean, don't it, care. I don't care if you think it's cringe. It might, it know? might, it might come back around because, like, if you if you notice, like, it, it it becomes a trend where everyone does the same style. And I say everyone. A lot of artists use the same style of cadence once it becomes popular. And I've always, yeah. it's always baffled me that I'm like, why does everyone do the same thing now? Not you know, it's like <laughs> all the popular music all has the same rhythm to the words. Like that's how you're supposed to fit them in now. And I guess that was the same thing back in the day. You had your individuals that really stood out, but then you had a handful of artists where you're like, that flow sounds very similar to somebody else. <laughs> you see that? Have you ever seen that video of, of Snoop Dogg taking the piss out of uh, mumble rappers? And he's like, they all got the same flow. They, they all go, like it's, it's like all it's all triplets and it's all unintelligible auto-tune yeah it's it's so funny but like that's uh, i mean like, we, we, my, we do my, we do live in a time where, i mean it's been going on for years now and i don't i don't mean to be that guy that says these things but um the the reason why like i think a lot of people don't or get, get 
annoyed at hip hop these days is because in some cases there's been less of an emphasis on actually having talent as a rapper <laughs> like that. Yeah. Like there are some really talented people out there, but there are other people that just get a career because they got face tattoos. I don't know how they got famous, but their actual rapping is really poor. So are you, are you about to get, are you going to get a face tattoo? Is that what you're trying to tell me? <laughs> no, 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 um, I'm going to wait till I'm very rich to do that. But, uh, um, what was it? Ah, it, I, I saw a meme the other day where someone had taken this, like, it's like a new rapper. Um, but he's, what struck me about it was like, it was extremely well, um, delivered, like clearest possible way you could rap a line. Yeah. But he's like, he's like, incre- he's like almost Bob Ross levels of calm while he's delivering the line. Yeah. And like one of the lines, I can't remember what the other half was, but it's like, I just took your life and you see it's unrefundable. And it's like the, the caption was motherfucker rapping in times new Roman. <laughs> <laughs> but like, the thing is I actually walked away from it liking the way he delivered the line because a, I thought it was a very unique way to rap. Yeah. And B you can, and, and, you know, this is coming from a metalhead now. You know, I could turn around and, and, you know, someone could turn around and say, but you listen to death metal, which is... <laughs> but, like, yeah. like on, on the flip side, the, the building blocks of rap... First of all, death metal is just there to sound fucking gnarly, right? The, yeah. the reason people like rap is because you can... Or at least, like, the old style of rap, if you're into the old styles... Yeah. They're so lyrical that you hear it all. And it's and getting, and getting line, a message across yeah. with words. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah. I, and I'm not, death, I'm not tied to that. Death metal's focus is not words. Nobody ever said that the vocals in death metal were important. Um, but, no. <laughs> but with, but with hip hop, I'm, I'm okay with some different styles. And if you're, and if you're, if you're, if your delivery is a little more, you know, on, on the edge where it's, you know, it's kind of hard to understand what you're saying. As long as you're presenting it in a unique and, and interesting way, I don't really care. Um, so I'm not necessarily one of those people, but I do think that there's so much, there's just, it's like, it's like there's a, vi- there's a video out there and I don't want to call her out because other people already do. There's a video out there that's probably been around for years now of Who's that rapper? She's from Australia, but she fakes a, a rap accent when she raps. And it, Iggy you know, Azalea. Iggy Azalea. And it's her live doing what I guess is supposed to be freestyle, but it's completely unintelligible. It's just somebody that fooled by somebody that sold. Somebody that fooled by somebody. And, and I'm just like, okay, listen. It's not really freestyle if nobody can understand what you're saying, because you could be just completely rapping gibberish, and that is not talent. <laughs> Like, and so every time I see it, I, I've watched it so many times. I'm like, it's so hilarious. And I'm sure she's probably saying words, but it's like, so that, but dippy that, dappy ding dong, the baby's in the well. But, but even that's like, that's something going on there. But I just, I think that there's a lot of that where it's gotten to the point where, you know, it, it, a lot of people don't care anymore. And nah. um, I think that's going to come full circle though. I think that's going to get left by the wayside. Um, because I th- at the end of the day, I think when somebody comes out with some really great lyrics, it's all, it's all, it's always, it's always a thing that stands out. You know, there's a reason why 
Kendrick Lamar is is famous. Um, yes. And, and and he's not always a guy that I can understand the first time out. Like, you know, he, I, I, also his lyrics. I remember go, syrup sandwiches. Yeah. But sometimes yeah. his lyrics go way over my fucking head. So I can I can hear the words that he's saying, but I go, OK, rewind that. <laughs> <laughs> Because it's it's very it's, some of it's just like layered and shit that I go all right well I, I'm not smart enough to decipher what this means but um, <laughs> but people like people love that about him and so you know I think that you're always going to have those trends where you know things become popular for fuck who knows reasons um, and then stuff that stands out because it's legitimately great and so yeah. Well, it's on my mind, I also want to draw attention to a thing that you and I had been kind of talking about in, uh, you know, unrelated to the show, but it, it's like death metal related. Mm-hmm. The fucking, that Six Feet Under song where Chris Barnes does that gnarly fucking ee. <laughs> it's, it's fantastic, man. I've been working on it. Five our life, breathe. Hanging from the rope. The body just twitches there. <laughs> I just love the fact that it almost sounds like he's singing the E. It doesn't. Yeah. So I and it's funny that like that's why I think I'm a I have there's something weird going on in my brain when it comes to music <laughs> because I can literally look at something like you know I don't know Number of the Beast or Master of Puppets or some album and go I. I can clearly hear the the genius in this music. And then a yeah. song like that that everyone's so quick to go, this is so fucking bad. I listen to it and go, I don't know. It's kind of genius. I don't know. It, it, yeah. it, there's a repeat listen factor to it where I go, I wish the whole album was like this. Because the other songs that are a little more straightforward, I go, yeah. I don't really want that. I just want it to be, I want, I want it to be Six Feet Under's new album and I don't want it to be just called E. And then every single fucking song has just like random. I just, I don't know. Cause I, 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 I have no beef with Chris Barnes. I don't like his vocals. I don't, I think that he's gotten to the point where I, I'm not going to tell him to stop. Cause you keep doing what you're going to do. If nobody buys your records, then you'll figure it out. But if they still do, why not keep going? Fuck it. Um, but I have to, I have to say that that, tr- that whole thing of, of, of him being called out for that song it's just made him get all these different um, uh, streams of that particular song because it's just me listening to it over and over again because I'm just like I gotta hear that again. It's fucking great. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> I, anyway. just, I, I love I love the fact that it sounds so brutal and serious. Like from the rope, the body just twitches there. I fucking love that shit. Anyway, yeah. uh, back. I, lo- back to I love how we, we managed to get off on all these tangents during public. Last episode was tangent free for the most part. Yeah, and this one, um, I don't know what's happening, but um, I, th- I think there's less to critique and more to just pull from and make funny shit. It's so. a fun. It's a fun vibe. Like we're not. We we don't. We, being critical about these top Public Enemy albums is ridiculous, and so it's just yeah, like it's, all right, let's just let's have fun with it. We'd be in like the 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 we'd be at such a nitpick level it would become cringe. So yeah. we're just better off just fucking having a good time. Having a having a good time with it. Hell yeah. yeah. Hopefully you're um, enjoying this, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> if you haven't heard it, go listen to it. It's called, is it, hang, hang what is it called? It's called The Noose by the Six Noose. Feet Under. The Noose by Six Feet Under. It is, it's fantastic. That's yeah, incredible. It's, it's <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing that the, the E is making me want to listen to it. Like I know it's like, it's so, it's really, it's really great. And it's, um, <laughs> Hopefully, hopefully he just goes full on with that. But let's let's move on. Where were we? We are still in the middle of Yo Bum Rush the show. Um, Bum Rush the show. Uh, (laughs) I great, great crowd participation song. I bet it goes over great live. Um, Raise the roof. I love the sound of the eight oh eight cowbell. Bing bing. Like like any time that is in a beat, I'm in. Like. Yeah. Bing bing. Like whenever that's there, that's that's points. You yeah. get an Eddie Sparks point for an eight oh eight cowbell. Um, Mega blast, minimalist kind of approach here, and then, uh, pardon me, Terminator X speaks with his hands. I speak mm-hmm. with my throat clearly. Uh, <laughs> it's it's an outro track, and uh, it's pretty cool. And that is Yo Bum Rush the show. Awesome. To keep to keep keep things moving, uh, I'll go to my number five, which you've already talked about in this episode. My number five is He Got Game from 1998. Cool. Um, once again, fantastic album. Soundtrack to the Spike Lee movie. Um, I already brought it up that it has a very cinematic sound. The way the 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 way the beats are put together, um, it just it, it it's it's interesting how it's a hip hop album, um, but it also feels very cinematic in a lot of ways. And um, I, I talked about, because in the last episode, I put music in our message really low yeah. because it comes out, it's very it's very light for a Public Enemy album, but I think, you know, it, it's not the fact that they decided to go with a different kind of sound. It's the fact that I just don't think the songs and everything put together really created a great album. Whereas in this case, it continues that lighter and um, it's kind of public enemy thing, but it works. Um, and um, I just love the fact that they, it, they, they, there really are some interesting chances taken with the production of this album. And it really, as you listen to it, it really does feel like a story unfolding as you get through the album. And I, I've just always really enjoyed that about this. And um, uh, on top of that, it, it goes in my top five because it's a very engaging Public Enemy album without sounding like anything else that they did. Um, mm. Where they can take, you know, same thing with with the poison going on. If you give me a different vibe, but that vibe is a fucking quality album that keeps me engaged the entire time, then that's exactly what I want. I I will never ever ever want any group hip hop or otherwise to give me the same thing mm. again. Um, but if nah. you're going to give me something different and you kind of just phone it in or you don't really flesh things out that much, I'm going to notice. Um, so, <laughs> and, and this is not one of those cases. This is a fucking focused and well-written album. And it's one that I go to a lot um, just because I, I like the vibe of it. And um I, I got to watch the movie again. It's re, it's been a very long time since I've seen the movie. I remember it being really good. Um, but uh, yeah, my number five is He Got Game. Cool. So my, th- this is probably the, the biggest one you and I kind of disagree on. Uh, because my number four is 
Muse, Sickenauer, Mess Age. I, 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 it's hyphenated in there, so I thought I, it'd be funny <laughs> to say it. <laughs> For those of you watching the video, the title will be, will be down below, and you can see how it's spelled out. Yeah. Uh, now th this one for me, I know that you said it. It it's a little bit light yeah. for in in terms of you know what they did uh, beforehand. But th there is like a side of me that kind of likes this um, a bit more accessible vibe to Public Enemy that they they busted out on this one. Yeah, it is a pretty it is a pretty long album, and I, I actually had it. I actually had it at number two, but then I realized, yeah, well, it is pretty long. Number and two. Wow. Yeah, it was pretty high for me. I, I heard it and I thought, actually, this is a pleasant surprise. But, you know, upon more listens, I will say my top three are pretty. There's no fucking with that top three. Um, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, there whole lot of love going on in the middle of hell. Like, boom, right into it. Still kicking ass. Theatrical Parts is a short little interlude. I think this album runs best as like a big experience. Um, so I, I get like the, the individual song thing not being as like jump out. I get I get that. But there's just something about the way this album is to, to my ears. Like, I kind of like the, the lighter beats, but they're still kind of upbeat. Uh, Give It Up is a smooth, groovy track. A exactly the type of rap beat that I like. I think as well, it's like, it's kind of in the post-G-Funk era sort yeah. of thing. Well, I mean, that's, a, that's a, a lot I mean, of... That's a lot of what the album's about in the album cover. Um, yeah. About like hip-hop glorifying the the hood, you know, kind of thing, for lack of a better term. But yeah, because um, it became it became almost like cliché. Where like mm. you you had rappers that would come out, and it was almost like they were given a, a list of of uh, of keywords that they had to fit into their raps, and so it was always mm -hmm. like '40s, my homies, a drive-by. Like as long as you get yeah. all these things in, then you will be a successful rapper. And um and it's it was, Strap, it was gap, you know. <laughs> yeah, it was it was unfortunate because some of that music from that era is really fucking good. And then there's a yeah. lot of copycat shit where all of a sudden everyone's like, oh, I can be a rapper too. I just got to say the right words and have the right image. You could say that that's very reminiscent of the glam metal scene in the 80s. Yeah. Where a lot of other bands came out and they're like, look, as long as we do our hair uh, the right way and, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> gyrate yeah, on stage. It's funny. I'm actually, I'm actually going to do another... Um, gta tie-in because th there's a really funny uh like mini plot in the game where mm. i like early on in the game you meet a guy called jeffrey who purposefully got himself sent to jail on like petty crimes and shit so that he could also claim that he's a gangster and become a gangster rapper so oh. you have to you have to help him early in the game kickstart his rap career by breaking into the mansion of an already very rich and successful rapper called mad dog who is voiced by ice t oh nice yeah and he becomes a character later in the game when you you know save him from like an attempt on his life 
after you know struggling with alcohol and that and you get him back on his feet and eventually you expose uh jeffrey or og loke as he goes by following his stint in jail basically he's just like he is the embodiment of the wannabe gangster and it is like i don't know if i've ever shown you any scenes from it but like whoever played him nailed it because i He's like, yeah, it's OG Loke, homie. I'm a king of little something like this. When I call with a punch you in the face, a gun at my waist, it's OG Loke. <laughs> He's just like really <laughs> bad. He's really bad at rapping. And there's a whole song that they did in the game. Um, Man, it, there is so much going on in that game. It's like the, the lore, the universe it, building of Rockstar Games so, back in the day is second to none it's 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 so great that we've gone from like what's the story of this game well climb a ladder watch out for rolling barrels save the princess <laughs> it's like there's a monkey there's a big old ape at the top he's throwing things yeah. down at you watch out for those that's the whole game <laughs> yeah <laughs> and now it's like you got to help this guy get back on his feet and rob this guy i'm like god damn this is you know and the I, wild it's amazing thing, it's amazing the the wild thing is that game is 18 years old and wow. yeah, it's it's amazing and it holds up it holds up today um but yeah as I, as i was saying i'll have yeah. to show you at some point because it is it is pretty funny yeah um where 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 am i at uh what side you on it keeps giving it keeps giving fire to my ears um bedlam uh 1313 it's going to be bedlam if we get them i love that little Flav line in there. Yeah. Uh, stop in the name. It is a short one, but it keeps the vibe going. Um, what kind of power we got? What? You. What kind of power we got? I, what do I? Did I forget Soul this power. song? Soul power. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Soul power. Yes, you're right. Cool. Uh, that was that was the <laughs> that was the ultimate brain fart right there because the way I was th- I was literally thinking about some, the next album I'm talking about and then you said that and I go what kind of power you got <laughs> uh, so what you gonna do now I'm gonna just, I'm gonna listen to you talk about the goddamn album <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah like this song is kind of a dig at the gangster rap cliches mm-hmm. um, white heaven black hell is you know they have a talent for making short tracks that have staying power you know white man's heaven is a black man's hell um race against time is an up-tempo one they used to call it dope is a little interlude rap uh ain't nothing butter song is is a tune (laughs) uh live and undrugged parts one and two that dissonant synth thing in there makes for like an extra filthy beat i will say yeah uh thin line between law and rape uh i love how this album flows one track into another um that that's that's why i think it flows better as a whole thing rather than individual that's true there are no everything fades into something else right like there's no yeah there's no hard stops in any of the songs Nah, it's 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 all one flowing thing and i i think you know obviously for you you're a you're a big big songs guy you know you want to well, be able no, to I, mean, I, I like i like al- album albums as well but um yeah and I, I don't know like i said you put this one on on its own and it's a it's a fine album but it's like it's never been one that's i've been able to get through 
um, without kind of losing my focus or, or kind of getting distracted by other things. It doesn't really hold my attention all the way through. Fair. Um, I, I ain't mad at all. <laughs> uh, which is another song. Love nice. some, uh, love some flavor, flavor rapping. Uh, death of a carjacker uh, is an interesting beat. I stand accused has a cool airy beat to it. God complex. Uh, I like that they did the two X's like I did with my name. Cause I'm Eddie Sparks. Yeah. Uh, Hitler Day is like a funk rock. Pardon me. Kind of beat. And if, you're, if you're counting, that's two burps. That's two, in this episode. two burps. Two belches, baby. Hell yeah. <laughs> Way to raise the bar. New record. <laughs> uh, Harry Allen's interactive super highway phone call to Chuck D is another cool creative choice. They do. They do a lot of stuff like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and. Uh, <laughs> I sounded like Trump then. What the fuck? <laughs> Did you? I, it didn't didn't come that way to me. I was like, they made a lot of really cool creative decisions. They do a lot of things like this. I really like that. Um, <laughs> Public Enemy, truly fantastic band. Um, <clears throat> living in a zoo, badass track. Uh, music in our message, or muse sick in our mess age. Cool album, but... There's yeah. there's three that kick ass more. If I if so. I remember right, living in a zoo is in. I think it's the soundtrack for the movie CB4. I think. Yeah. I think I think it is, which is a great movie. If nobody's ever seen it, it's a movie where Chris Rock, um, pretends to be he and his friends pretend to be gangsters to become rappers. And I um, need to see this. It's a it's a great it's a fucking great movie. It's really funny, and I, I highly recommend it. Great soundtrack as well. Um, awesome. Yeah, um, I mean you know Chris Rock. I just I just like I love Chris Rock. So whatever. <laughs> um, so all right, my number four. Um, I'm gonna get having your of- salad tossed. He's <laughs> <laughs> having your asshole eaten out with jelly or syrup. I prefer syrup. <laughs> that I is a love that. that was a weird that was a it, part of that was a good chris rock but then part of it also went into dave Chappelle. yeah it's <laughs> a little bit um that was so pretty yeah good. <laughs> let's get this one out of the way because we're gonna end up uh with the same uh in whatever order the same top three my number four is yo bum rush the show from 1987 nice the, the debut public enemy album um the urgent urgent and engaging from song number one like it starts off and you're just off and running uh with one of the the beginning of one of the best hip-hop groups ever um Mm -hmm. you already brought it up there are some old school sounds here which at the time it's weird to say old school sounds because at the time they weren't old school sounds they were current school sounds yeah Um, but you listen to it now and it sounds very of the time in the mid to late 80s um yeah but yeah, even then they are, you know, it, it, even though they're not fully like public enemy in full effect, like kind of thing, like with the full public enemy sound, they still already stand apart from everybody else and have their own thing going yeah. on. Plenty of classic moments on this album. Um, and, and right out of the gate, I guess, as was their sort of goal, they are a group with a mission and they have no problem being really confrontational about it from album number one. And um, I've always loved that about them. And um, it's got an undeniable energy. It's got a very raw sound, which I like that about it. I like the fact that it's you know when it co- when it comes to Public Enemy, even though they're a group that would incorporate noise and other weird things in their songs, 
this is like them at their most raw, just um, hungry, you know, like, you know, a debut album should yeah. be. Um, but it ends up being at number four, even though it's an absolute classic and I love it. They outdo this album in every way possible um, and uh, and would perfect their style and continue to put out what I consider to be three of the best hip hop albums ever, uh, which will be in our top three. So let's just fucking let's jump into it because we have I don't know if they're going to be the same order, but we have the same three albums in our top three. Um and so let's just see. Let's see how this plays out, folks. Um, Eddie, number three. Cool. So my number three is It Takes a Nation of Millions to Hold Us Back. Okay. Fucking killer album. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> yep. like, yeah. And uh, many, I, I think a lot of people would call this number one. Um, but, you yeah. know, there, there are um, elements of the two that came after that, that, that set, set them a little part, you know, mm-hmm. a little bit extra seasoning on that, there, on that, there meal. Okay. Um, so yeah, uh, countdown to Armageddon, you know, intro to hype things up and then holy shit, bring the fucking I, noise. I was going to, I was going to ask it, it, it's, it, I like how it brings our worlds together in the beginning of this because it's public enemy and American group, but the intro is from a show in England yeah, and it's like, hey, there you go. They're bringing they're bringing the countries together way before we did it, <laughs> <laughs> which is awesome. Because like, what what is it like? How many how many years before? What is it? Thirty two years before Cranked and Ranked would begin. Some, some, so nineteen eighty eight. Hey yeah. man, this is this is all it's all part of the plan. Mm-hmm. The the planets are aligning. Um, yeah, bring bring the noise. The original. Yeah. And it is just as badass as the Anthrax one. The it, Anthrax one, I'll, I'll, you know, we'll get to that. It, it always, yeah. I, I, can, I can only imagine what it, what it was like. I don't, I, I don't know if the guys in Anthrax knew that they were being name checked in that song before it came out. Like I, like I, in my brain, I, I think I like to think it would be awesome if they just bought the album because they were Public Enemy fans, and all of a sudden. They, they they get name checked in the first track you know it's yeah. like that's that's a fucking that would be a fucking honor and i mean it's and it, you know yeah. and it, it's 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 deserved because like you know anthrax scott ian especially was wearing like public enemy shirts when they had you know one album out and mm-hmm. um so he was you know that's pretty cool i like just one of those things i want somebody to call me out in in one of their tracks i don't care who it is somebody <laughs> Somebody do throw me into their to their hip hop track. I'll do it. <laughs> except, <laughs> except except for Iggy Azalea. Let's not do that. Let's, you know, I'm okay. Well, no, no. If she wants to do like I'm, I'm, I'm so fancy and add a new add a new verse where she just raps about me. Like that sounds pretty cool. Yeah. And what about me? Do do me next. <laughs> <laughs> it'll be a whole. It'll be uh, an entire EP where it's just about us. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but like, Im- imagine like the audacity, right? Here we go. The audacity to come out with "Bring the Noise" and immediately follow it up with "Don't Believe the Hype." Yeah. Like, oh, what talk about a one-two punch? Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, 
cold lamp and with the flavor very busy sounding beat on this one this is yeah. like the peak of busy shit going on in their songs you know yeah uh you know terminator x to the edge of panic love the flash sample in that uh mind terrorist short little interlude beat louder than a bomb i love the funkiness on this one yeah court can we get a witness fast one more kick-ass stuff dude uh show them what you got interlude type track and then you get she watches channel zero angel of uh, death uh, sample uh, 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 she watched channel zero ah sorry <laughs> i've put i put in my notes she watches because i think it probably it probably autocorrected it yeah i think i think word is is not down with the hip-hop lingo but uh angel of death sample yeah, I just love that because I, I that's already a part of that song that I love, like the mid the mid section oh. of Angel of Death, and just to throw that into to have the idea to throw that into a hip hop track in 1988. Now I get it; they're both on Def Jam records. That makes sense, but um, but still, but yeah. still, that's a that's a genius move because it works so well in that song. It's 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 just such a fucking groove to it. Yeah. But it sounds like so menacing and so dissonant and like yeah. it has all the hallmarks of like a a fucking public enemy beat. So it totally makes sense yeah. it being in there. Um Night of the Living Bassheads, excellent yeah. song title. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and an amazing um, song. Yeah. Man, Black Steel in the Hour of Chaos. I love the swagger to this song. Uh, security of the first world is this cool beat interlude obviously for a little bit of a choreographed security of the first world yeah going on um for those who don't know that is the uh choreographed kind of dance group that would perform well no they're not not really a dance group (laughs) well well, they're, they're they're moving around you know they're, well, I mean, you wouldn't you wouldn't you wouldn't go to you wouldn't go to the military and be like, do one of your dances. <laughs> no, <laughs> Can you do one true. of your dances? No, nah, yeah, actually, you know what? It, they're doing drill routines. That that was that was dumb of me to say. Fuck you, Eddie. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> uh, no, it's uh, it, it, I mean, it make it is choreographed, so it does make it makes sense. It's very similar. It, it's it's rhythmic, yeah. and they're moving. With guns. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Uh, Rebel Without a Pause. Now, here we go. This song is in GTA San Andreas. This oh. uh, this is in there. Uh, it's on the playback FM radio station, which Chuck D is the radio host of. Yeah. But he, he plays a different character. He, he plays this character called Forthright MC. So it's really funny to hear him introduce his own song yeah. as someone else. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, Prophets of Rage, awesome song. Love it. And Party for Your Right to Fight, like great shout along hooky closer. Yeah. Fuck, man. This is a great album. Like, it is. It is. Hell yeah. <laughs> it, it's, it's a great album and so, so great that it is not my number three. Um, okay. uh, my number three is uh, the first full album I ever heard by Public Enemy, Apocalypse 91, The Enemy Strikes Black from 1991. Um, Their fourth album. And um, this one is, it's a personal favorite because it's, when it came out, I listened to it hundreds of times. 
and I, lo- I love it. Um, but it ends up being a number three just because there are some parts of it that keep it as much as I love it. And some of the songs are some of my favorite public enemy songs. There are other songs that I think aren't as good. Um, yeah. and also the sound of the album is interesting because if you go from it takes a nation of millions and fear of a black planet, this has way more simplified sounding beats on it. And that's because yeah. All of their work in progress tracks were stolen, and then they had to literally create an album from scratch. Um, and so I think there was a little bit of a rush factor to it, where they had to like throw th- throw things together. Um, but even then, it's while it's not as sonically e- exciting as the other two albums above it that we'll talk about, or you know, you've talked about one. Uh, it somehow makes it it gives it almost like even more urgency because it's almost like they, they, they needed to get something out and um, they just worked so well under pressure. And um, yeah. I don't know how quickly they had to work, but they've churned out some of my favorite fucking public enemy songs. Um, absolute classic bangers. I mean, I mean, can't, can't trust it. By the time I get to Arizona, shut them down fantastic song yeah yeah um and then of course it wraps it up the last track on the album is the bring the noise version that they did with anthrax uh, which is a nice little ending to the album and the interesting thing about this is i almost feel like apocalypse 91 um has the most flavor flav time of any public enemy album because he's got if i remember right three songs that are fully his and he seems to be featured more on other songs as well. Like it's, it seems like there's the most flave you get on any album on this album. Cause he's got, yeah, perhaps he, that's I, a case of, perhaps that's a case of like sharing the workload. Maybe yeah. like if they were pressed for time, it was like, ah, oh shit, uh, let's both do parts and, uh, come together and we'll just throw everything at it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Either way, it, it comes, it, it, it equates a fantastic album. And really, like, what, I mean, the only song that comes to mind that I listen to and I go, this one's not as great is a Flav song. It's that More News at 11 song. That's the one where I kind of go, this could have been better. But everything else, for the most part on the album, is just so fantastic that that little bit where I go, eh, this is not the best Flavor Flav song that I've ever heard. Um, it, you know that that I mean I think if if every song was the caliber of Night Train can't trust it songs like that this probably mm. would be at least number two, um, but uh, it ends up being at number three. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna cut it short because I have a feeling we're about to talk about this album, um, and my number three Apocalypse ninety one the enemy strikes black. Cool. So my number two is. One of the coolest album covers in Oh, you're not you, you Oh, I thought you were I literally thought you were about to talk about Apocalypse 91. You are not. I will be honest with you, my top 3 can change any day of the week. Yeah. However, on on the day we're recording this, this is what I'm in the mood for. Number so two. my number 2, again, like I say, one of the coolest fucking album covers in hip hop and in music really, uh, is uh, fear of a black planet. 
what a great fucking album this bad boy is yeah. <laughs> you know yeah um oh man like contract on the world love jam like a cool instrumental intro uh brother's gonna work it out this badass abrasive rap track uh 911 is a joke incredibly hooky song probably flavor flav's biggest song in terms of I, it, him yeah, having a whole song i mean it was released as a single it was a big deal at the time so yeah yeah and it's and it's him handling all of the all of the vocals um yeah. super catchy song uh incident at 66.6 fm really mm-hmm. cool how they you know used you know live radio interviews i just i just segments. love the dude the dude on that is that the one where the guy says like you know and when i see people in their t-shirts i think that they're scum too <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they get the the widest sounding dude on the fucking it's, phone on that on that clip. It's incredible. It really is. Like it, it's like a little time capsule of like how people were. We mean, were then, they're still, still that, they're are, still like that. That's, that's what that's what I'm driving at. That's like it's it's a cool little time capsule of like wow. There's like old style, rec- you know, voice recordings of this shit that you would hear today you yeah. know but like you know yeah. man people suck <laughs> they do they uh, um, do yeah uh welcome to the terror dome banger yeah am, am i right uh, yeah like, yeah you're yeah. absolutely right it's a it's one of the best ever man like meet the g that killed me very short song yeah this album is structured in a cool but weird way yeah uh Polly Wanna Cracker uh, is a CD storytelling kind of track. Yeah. Now, I love the way now, Chuck does that, the vocals yeah. on this song. It's just so, it's, it's, it's so unique. I, like how many other songs can you think of that are, that they're wrapped that way where he's just so like this, I new, actually, this sister, like it's very, it's, it's fucking cool. I was actually going to uh, look into it, but I forgot as to whether or not that was chuck so that is chuck on that song i thought it was a oh yeah no that's chuck d i thought it was like a cool little guest spot from like uh someone else that's really cool that's chuck d um i'm gonna go ahead and uh revive our uh f word rule from uh the nwa episode yeah uh because we are two white dudes with a podcast we can't we can't say the N word, so we're, nor, we, we nor have, do we want to. We're we're not. No, yeah, this is not no, one no, of those we're things. Jumping at the bit, <laughs> we're not these white people. that's like you know, remember back in the day when we used to say whatever we wanted. What's happened to this world? Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. As I was saying, we we replace on on this show we replace the N word with fella because we are white as fuck. <laughs> yep. <clears throat> so yeah. Uh, anti fella machine. <laughs> uh, this song yep. is all over the place structurally. Like, yep. wow. Um, burn Hollywood Burn. Oh, the Ice yeah. Cube feature was banging, dude. Like, you know, as was Big Daddy Kane. Uh, Power to the People. Some more ass kicking hip hop. Uh, Who Stole the Soul? That abrasive early 90s hardcore hip hop feel in full effect on this one. Fear of a Black Planet, awesome song, love it. Uh, great title track. Revolutionary Generation, you know, is another great chapter in this masterpiece. Yeah. Uh, can't do nothing for you, man. Uh, great, 
great Flav track. Yeah. Uh, Flav on the mic is always a good time. Uh, Reggie Jacks, uh, you know, minimal groovy ass beat. Uh, Leave this off your fucking charts is a scratchy <laughs> DJ sampley track. Yeah. Um, B side wins again is an up tempo dancey one. Uh, War at thirty third and third, up tempo intense one. Uh, final count of the collision between us and the dams great and fight the power holy shit how to close an album like they yeah they really saved the best for last on this one like iconic song it truly is and you know i love when a when a group has the balls to close the album with the strongest song because a lot of bands are like oh we will you want to hear the single at the start but it's like well also, this was if that you, song was written. The song was written for the movie "Do the Right Thing," the Spike Lee yeah. movie, which is a ma- an amazing movie. Um, so I don't know. I don't. I don't know if there was a soundtrack for "Do the Right Thing," and maybe it was already on that, and that's why they put it last. Either way, I love that it wraps up this album because it's perfect. Elvis was a hero to most, but, but he, he never meant shit to me. You see, straight up races. That sucker was simple and plain. Motherfuck him, him and John, John Wayne. Wayne. <laughs> that's that is like. And I, I know we're not alone in this. There's many people who would probably put that in like some of their favorite hip hop lyrics ever. Yeah. It's just, <laughs> it's just, that's just classic shit right there. It's straight up fire, my dude. Yeah. Awesome. Um, you, you got anything else to say about Fear of a Black Planet? Fear of a Black Planet. Uh, I mean, it's a fucking classic. And, uh, yeah, on any given day, it could be my number one. Mm-hmm. Now, on any given day, my number three could be my number one. This trilogy right here, oof, is is what we refer to on this show as unfuckwithable. Yeah, I would agree. Um, on I, in my in my on my side of things, though, my three is firm. Like, there's no way that these could change any directions for me in on any day. Uh, my number two mm. is it takes a nation of millions to hold us back from 1988. Cool. Um, one year after their debut album and they have fully developed their sound and it is just yeah. one of the best hip hop albums ever. Um, absolute classic. Um, obviously we talked about it, bring the noises on here, the original, which became way more famous in especially in the land of people that listen to metal. Um, but I just love the fact that like this one, the, the sample heavy style that would become such an important part of the public enemy sound is fully here. Um, yeah. And just incorporating noise, which I just, it, that's a thing that something I don't, that once again, I don't know what's, what's, what kind of wiring I have going on in my head, <laughs> but ever since I started listening to music back in the day, Things that incorporated sounds that didn't sound like the they belonged there would always stand out to me as something great. So I've always really liked the hip hop that includes samples where you go, I that did that, I didn't see that coming. All the way to getting into more of a rock side of things, the the bands that use noise as part of the music or use the guitar in a way that it wasn't necessarily intended to be used or whatever. Those are all things that I have become like a, a thing that I really love. Um, it just, those are things that just, I, I wish more people fucked around with noise um, than they do. 
because especially these days because everything is so fucking everything's got to be perfect everything's got to be really yeah. you know in key and auto-tuned and and moved in the project to the exact right note and if and if the if the vocal has a little weird sound nope do it again and we're going to correct it in post or whatever it's just i hate that shit i love i love uh embracing noise um the way that so a lot of groups do and public enemy did especially on this album um interesting thing that i read that i didn't know rebel without a pause i read that flavor Flav manually played the drum machine for the entire song so he's manually wow. playing the drum beat for the entirety of rebel rebel without a pause <laughs> So that that dude apparently Whoa. had some great rhythm because it does it doesn't stand out as anything that's wavering like it doesn't seem like it gets faster or slower or loses anything. So apparently that dude had has insane rhythm skills. Um, so that's pretty interesting. Wow, that's so, quite um, a busy beat as well. Well, I don't I don't think the I don't think the entire thing is him playing. I think the base of it of you know snare and kick kind of sounds. Yeah, I think it was all done by him. Um, but. This album is is a classic and it's just, you know, it's an hour long, but it is an hour worth of, you know, worth solid groundbreaking unrelenting hip hop. It's an undisputed classic. Um I love all of the things that you said about this album, you know. Um it's got so much iconic music in this album. Um but to me they they topped this album. And um, <clears throat> made made a pretty much perfect one, and so let's move on to our uh, our number one albums from Public Enemy. That was it takes a nation nation of millions to hold us back, um, and now we're going to get into our number ones. Which honestly, I'm very happy with your number one because, like I said, it, it has a very special place in my heart because it is the the first one I heard and the one that I've probably listened to the most. Um, so let's uh, let's get into uh, uh, your number one. Cool. So this album is kind of like a. The thing I like about this album is it's kind what's, of like an the underdog. Uh, oh yeah, uh, Apocalypse ninety one, The Empire Strikes Black. No. Uh, <laughs> it's called The Enemy Strikes Black. Uh sorry, The en- Enemy Strikes Black. Sorry, the <laughs> fucking. I got I got some bad habits right here. Sorry. That's all right. It's uh, all right. It happens to all of us. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the Empire was the enemy in in Star Wars. Some I'm, I'm half right. <laughs> they were they were the enemy. That's true. Hell yeah, they were. Uh, <laughs> okay, Apocalypse ninety one. The enemy strikes black. Yeah. Cool. We got there in the end. Damage <laughs> control. Um, okay, so yeah, th- this album to me it strikes me as like that kind of underdog story of you know, oh shit, we've had our stuff stolen and we still put out a great album. Hell yeah. And it ended up having my favorite vibe and, you know, sequencing of all of them. Um, you know, Lost at Birth, just coming in full force with that signature in-your-face repetitive beat approach. Uh, Rebirth is kind of short but sweet. Then you get Night Train, which is an oh, awesome, yeah. Yeah. awesome song. Uh, can't Trust It. God damn, dude, this one is groovy. Yeah. Um, I don't want to be called yo fella. Flavor Flav back on the mic. Love this track. That's a, um, there's a lot of fellas in that song. Like it is, it is fella heavy. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. 
Yeah, it's it's that's 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 one of those one. ones that I have to I have to admit if it's booming in my car that one gets turned down because I'm just yeah. like I don't want to I don't want to be that dude <laughs> blasting that song yeah. as I'm driving around. Yeah, it's it, it's one of those things where you're kind of like I'm not singing it, but it's still very loud for me. It, yeah, like, it, yeah, it's uh, yeah, <laughs> it's a great song, but it's yeah, it is it is it is one of those things where I have to remove myself from it and go, all right, this is a. This is a, yeah. a what do you what do you call it? I'm I'm a, I'm a spectator only. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would sit this one out. Uh, how to kill a radio consultant? Like yeah. this album, just just fucking hell. Was I high when I wrote these notes? I've just put this album just jeeps getting better. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Um, by the time I get to Arizona, is a great track. Uh, oh yeah, move. one 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 of the best, man. It's that's a fucking great song. Incredible stuff. Uh, in t- move is an intense abrasive track. Mm-hmm. One million bottle bugs is bottle bags is the coolest alcohol awareness PSA I've ever heard. Agreed. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, more news at eleven. Uh, I love the beat in this song. Um, shut him down. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Groovy with a killer hook. At the that's among that's like a top three song for me yeah um a letter to the new york post is a diss track to the that that one's that one's also a little bit yeah on this album especially following Uh, following shut them down it's like there's a there's a you're going down quite a few (laughs) um flights of stairs (laughs) (laughs) uh uh, get the f out of dodge this one's got a cool dark beat to it Mm-hmm. And then finally, closing out with the Anthrax collab for "Bring the Noise," and holy shit, dude! Like this, this song gets cranked whenever yeah. I'm in the car, yeah, blasting this song. I never get tired like, of that. I never get tired either. Nope. Either version of of "Bring the Noise," I never get tired of it. And I hear I hear it a lot too because I have a a playlist of songs that I play in the morning when I take my daughter to school. Um, some of which she really likes, some I really like, but it's just, but bring the noise that like, comes up all the time. And I'm just like, I don't care. It doesn't matter. I'll listen to this song again. Fucking great. <laughs> I love how it opens like so fucking crazy, but then it like all of a sudden just hits this groove. It's like, yeah, yeah boy. Yeah. Like, ah, oh, so cool. Like, ah, oh, I really, I want to listen to that shit right now. <laughs> it's a cool song. It is very, it like is very it. cool. Um, and that, that uh, pretty much, that pretty much wraps up my, uh, Crankton Rank Public Enemy ranking. Sweet. Uh, your so- turn. So for my number one, probably a lot of people's number ones. Uh, but you know, if it's not, I absolutely understand. Uh, my number one is Fear of a Black Planet from 1990. The third album, um, at, added to the Library of Congress for being musically and culturally significant. Um, wow! Along, so it's it's along with, it's Master, with Master of, of Puppets. Puppets. Yeah. Fuck um, man. And that's because it is a fucking stone cold classic, pretty much perfect album. Um, not even just hip hop. It's just one of the best albums. And mm. um, it's an iconic album and it's iconic for a reason. Like there are, um, I don't, I, I, I don't know. 
it's there are some you know we've talked about there's some music that if somebody says i just don't get it i'm just like well then clearly there you just get the fuck away from me because i don't want to catch whatever the fuck it is that you have yeah um, <laughs> so um and then you know i said it on the last episode the first public enemy track i ever heard was welcome to the terror dome and it's still one of my favorite hip-hop tracks period um but the big thing about fear of a black planet is it the album it's an experience. It's not just a group of songs in a particular order. It really is like an entire experience of an album that it, it every time I hear it, I'm just so impressed with how, I don't know. And it, I mean, I'm assuming it has to do with how the tracks play out and how they're arranged, because obviously you do have some that are shorter and some that are longer, some that are a little more instrumental, um, just a few, but it's like, the whole flow of the album is just um, pretty amazing to me. Um, and it's, and it really, and it did, honestly, to me, this is them expanding their sound as far as it's going to go because this, this is literally an album that if you, you listen to it and go back and listen to it again, put on some headphones and you will hear things happening in songs that you did not hear before. Um, yeah. because there's a lot going on in a lot of these songs and um, yeah, they, they went above and beyond. Like you have to remember, like this is the, the amount of work that went into constructing this album, not just in putting all the beats together, but writing the songs and writing the lyrics and everything about it. It's so much time and energy went into this. And at a time where that took a lot more effort than even it does now. And mm. nowadays, even though shit is easier to do, it seems like there's still not much of an ambition to put anything together that's unique or interesting. It's just, mm. we got these songs, let's just put them out, that's it. Um, but putting out an album that that feels like a full experience it's something that I miss because I, I think that even, even nowadays when people try to do that, it still falls short. And I think it's because there's high watermarks made by albums like fear of a black planet. Um, and honestly, as an album, I, I would say zero, if very few hip hop albums even come close to touching this album. There are a few, mm that I think get really closer in the same arena as this album. But I would say that it's a contender for the greatest hip hop album of all time. Um, absolutely the best public enemy album, in my opinion. Um, I just think that it's fucking fantastic. And in, in, in an interview at one point, Chuck D said that um, with it takes a nation of millions to hold us back. They were trying to make, the hip hop version of what's going on by Marvin Gaye. And in this particular case, he was saying that they were going for making something like Sergeant Peppers by the Beatles. And I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to fucking say right here in this podcast, this album is much better than Sergeant Peppers, Lonely Hearts Club Band because mm -hmm. Sergeant Peppers is an album. We'll do the Beatles one day. We'll get to it. But Sergeant Peppers is an album that I love how people be like, it's a concept album. I like, I like how I said people be like, that's my brain <laughs> skipping over words. And I'm like, it's really not. There's a concept that plays for one song into another song and then doesn't come back until the end of the album. And the rest is just a grouping of songs, some of which are just kind of okay. 
But yeah. I realized at the time that album was a really big deal. But if you're putting them together, now that this much time has passed, you know, you know, uh, Sgt. Pepper's is what, 50 years old, whatever. Fear of a Black Planet is 30 plus years old. Um, so you put those albums next to each other. I'm sorry. Fear of a Black Planet blows it out of the water, blows a lot of albums out of the water. Um, and that's before you even get to fight the power. <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> then you get to fight the power and it's like, so I'm, it's just, it's, it's a no brainer for me that this album goes here just because ever since I first heard it all the way through, I, I've just been in awe of how fucking great it is. And I wish that more artists, not, I'm not just calling out hip hop here. I'm anybody. I wish there was more ambition to do things like this. Now, not on every album. I don't want every album that every band puts out with, oh, trying to do a statement and an experience album. And here's a, no, no, just every once in a while, like try something big and difficult. And yeah, because there, there's no, there's no part of this that makes it seem like this album was easy to do. Um, It, it just, it seems like, you know, it, it could have been, you know, the right grouping of guys at the right time. And this all came together into this amazing thing here. But it, it took some effort. It had to have taken a lot of effort to put an album like this together. And um, yeah, one of the best albums ever made. My, my favorite uh, Public Enemy album, the best Public Enemy album to me, um, Fear of a Black Planet. And um, I don't really have much else I can add about that. It is It is an album that if you have not heard it, Please do yourself a favor and go do it now. But don't just go, don't listen to a track. Just let the fucking thing play out because it is. Yeah. It's fantastic. Bam. We, uh, and you say, God damn, this is a dope <laughs> jam. Um, we, we've, we've done it. We, we, we finished the public enemy. Well, I, what we consider the public enemy full um, album discography um, left out a few things, but you know, if you, if you're re- if you are really into public enemy, then those are things that are also on your radar. Um, and if for some reason we've actually turned you on to Public Enemy, then eventually those things will, you know, come into your life um, because there's a lot of quality shit. They've given us a lot of really fucking good music um, and we've ranked most of it. And as we as we always do, once we finish a band, we got to do this. Three, two, one. Yeah, yeah we, we did. did. Got to yeah. Got to wrap up Public Enemy with some jaw rule. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just when you thought we knew it was over just when you thought we were done just when you really did it did it again yeah my throat's my uh, throat's kind of fucky another today. song that that like it, in, it on paper I, it should be awful and to some people it is but <laughs> man can't stop listening to that song. There's, there's, it's at least once a week I go, oh, I gotta fucking put on. We did it again because yeah. I feel I need that hype. I need to get hyped up, and it hypes me up. And yeah. It's so so fucking weird. But anyway, <laughs> I'm gonna put. I'm gonna make a playlist with like songs like that, and then the noose is gonna be right after it. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah, I'd listen to it. Yeah. <laughs> songs that songs that everyone thinks are bad, but I really love. Um, like it's awesome. It'll have a few a few Metallica songs in there because there's some there's some absolute so bangers bad that people hype. hate. <laughs> Every time I hear "fucking Dirty Window" by Metallica from Saint Anger, that is that is one that I'm just like, this song is <laughs> it, is way better than people deserve. But anyway, that's aye, it. Aye. Yeah. 
I... <laughs> well, when you just take that part, that sounds silly. <laughs> That's the best part of the whole song to me. Yeah. <laughs> I slammed my gavel down. Oh, God. Let's just do another another Metallica episode. Oh wait, we will have we will have one coming up soon. We have a, a Metallica related show coming up mm. in the near future. The Not next line. time though. Next time we're jumping back uh. into back into metal. Next time, not going to say who, um, but I have a feeling but, it's going to be one that a lot of people are going to be interested in. Um, yeah, it's very thrash and it's very heavy thrash and clue. And groove, groove, and and a little bit of new in there if you want to really new push in there it. too. Um, people are people are gonna a little gonna... bit of early proto black metal if you want to stretch it as far as you can. We're casting feel... a wide net here. I feel like you just tr- just for a second the way you were talking. I thought somebody had stretched out your video a really long time, and you're like, and a little bit. <laughs> Uh, yeah it's uh it's a good one it's It's a good one one. it's gonna be fun yeah so before we spoil it because i have a feeling there's some people that think it's a particular band that it's not (laughs) because Mm. there's (laughs) could be a number of bands i guess but anyway um yeah we'll be back next week uh with with some metal for those of you who uh prefer that kind of thing um, and yeah, so that was, th- this was fun. Two-parter public enemy. Um, I, I'm glad we did it. Um, I, I, don't, yeah. I don't know where we, when it comes to hip hop, I don't know re- where we should definitely go from here. Do, do we, do we go more modern? Like maybe we do a Wu-Tang next time or, uh, I like so- that. something like that or, you know, cause, um, yeah, cause we, maybe we do. Cause so I think everything we've done now started in the eighties. So maybe we should jump ahead to something that started in the nineties. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, cool. Well, that's, this has been a lot of fun. Do you have, uh, any parting words for the audience? I can't do nothing for you, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Well, uh, uh, on that note, let's get the fuck out of here. And, uh, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, peanut butter platypus to those of hey. you who have made it this far. Um, go buy, go buy some merch, um, and support us. Um, and yeah, we'll be back next week with another uh, uh, exciting episode of Cranked and Ranked. And as usual, I'm going to throw it over to my good man, Sir Edward Sparks, to take us out. 1980. Sorry, 19 later, dude. That was going to be so cool. I fucked it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's all right. I, it's all right. The, 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 uh, the, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Mission fail. We'll get him next time. <laughs> this is one of those episodes that ends on a... Eh. All right. Okay, bye. Fuck. <laughs>